Okay, we are back, and as we alluded to in our intro, football is here. Okay, we literally got a game on Thursday, and it's time to kick off our division previews and predictions. We are going to start with the AFC East right now, and we're just going to preview this whole entire division, and we're going to give who we ultimately think is going to win, and, you know, one through four, we're going to line them up. So without further ado, let's begin, and Zach. I really want to start off with the Miami Dolphins to kick us off right now because I think they're one of the more interesting teams that there is in the NFL right now. When you talk about the offseason and the additions and what they added to the team, I think they're very polarizing and interesting. I can see this team going either way. Like I can see them being a, a real dark horse playoff contender or a team that once again falls short of the goalposts. When it comes to making the playoffs, when you think about Tua, my biggest question, I always want to start off with a question when I'm pre previewing these scenes because we all got questions and we need answers. My biggest question is the Dolphins brought in a lot of toys, but do they got a quarterback? Do they have a quarterback? And it all comes down to Tua took of a lower. He can't be Tua turn the ball over. He has to be Tua took of a lower and he has to be. I won't say he has to be Alabama Tua. But he has to be half that in order for this team to really take a half step, okay? And when you think about everything right now, I like this dude, Mike McDaniels, you know? And just like how I, how bad I felt in my spirit about what happened to Brian Flores, okay? And how he was done. I'm not going to lie. It's hard for me to say that they probably didn't even upgrade. Like, they probably upgraded at the coaching spot. And I know it's crazy to say because he brought a lot to that team and we cannot undermine what he brought to that team. He brought a level of discipline, a level of physicality. The defense was playing hard for the guy. You know, he brought that there. So they needed him. It's almost like Mark Jackson and the Warriors. I always compare the Warriors and the Dolphins similar. I'm not saying the Dolphins are going to be the next Warriors here. But in the sense that Mark Jackson helped build the Warriors for Steve Kerr to come over there and take, you know, take the reins. And Steve Kerr has been coaching himself into Hall of Fame status as a coach. So I could see the same thing happening with Mike McDaniels replacing Brian Flores. With that being said, before I pass the rock, I think when you look at the wide receiver market, right? And you talk about all the guys that got paid in this market. And the reason why I want to bring it up is because I want to talk about Tyreek Hill. You look around, you see the Washington Commanders. They gave McLaurin his money. DK Metcalf, he got his money. The Packers offered Adams his money. He respectfully declined and got it elsewhere. Okay, Debo Samuel yesterday just got a three-year, $71 million contract, $58.1 million guaranteed. A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill were the only two prominent, okay, I want to make this clear, prominent, dominant wide receivers that had to flock elsewhere to get the bag. And I think if you're Tyreek Hill, you're proving a point. You didn't see your counterparts got the money, even though you, you really got a big contract. But I think it will be worth it because of the value that he brings at the position. So we'll see, you know, how this team looks going forward. Yeah, I think it's super interesting with Brian Flores because over the past few years, I've become a big Brian Flores fan. And what I liked about his teams is starting from that first year before they even had Tua, when the talk was, oh, tank for Tua, tank for Tua, and they were expected to go 0-17. They won a handful of games that they weren't expected to win. And I know long-term that may have not been the best thing for them missing out on Joe Burrow. But at the same time, 
as a football player, when you're when you go out there and your team wins games that aren't expect that you aren't really expected to win, that could do wonders for your team and game confidence. And each of the last two years, the Dolphins they had successful seasons, winning double digit games, but falling just short. But I think wh- where the change comes and what's really interesting to me is even though the Dolphins they haven't been a bad team the last two years. They won games with a certain formula, playing great, hard-nosed defense, being able to run the ball. They weren't really relying on Tua Tugavailoa to win them games. It felt to me that, I don't want to say Tua was babied, but it felt Brian Flores didn't really trust him. It didn't feel to me like Brian Flores was really ready for him to go out there and throw the ball downfield and make all the dynamic plays. And with Mike McDaniel uh, coming in from San Francisco, a guy that was known for setting up good offensive schemes, whether it's running, whether it's passing, uh, this is a, a much better situation, I think, for Tua to succeed. Now, is it going to translate to as many wins? That's the real question for me. Because with Tyreek Hill, he's obviously a dynamic playmaker, one of the best receivers from this era, a guy that is a Hall of Fame player. Uh, but he has been in Kansas City. Andy Reid did such a good job of getting him open and getting the ball his way. And I'm just curious to see, like, obviously Tyreek Hill is going to be a very good player for Miami, but how good is he going to be? Is he going to be able to pick up that same impact? And is he going to be able to do the same things he did with Kansas Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes playing with a guy like Tua, who I got to be honest, like I'm not 100% sold on Tua Tugavailoa as an NFL quarterback right now. And I do think if the Dolphins were a little bit better in that position, I'd be much more willing to go all in with them as a team. And I think in the AFC, you know, it's a loaded league with all the new quarterbacks and all the new talent that has come into the league. And the Dolphins, they have a nice roster. They have some really good pieces. I love Javon Holland on the defensive side of the ball, hard-hitting safety. I think their offensive line should be better. Tua getting hurt early last season, I think, uh, held him back a little bit. And that wasn't even entirely his fault. His offensive line really did no favors in protecting him. And still, the Dolphins were able to win about nine games. So, uh, yeah, I think the quarterback is the key to this team. I think they're improved. But with the uh, first-year head coach and a guy in Tua at the quarterback position, I don't necessarily know what he is yet. I do think, yet, yeah, I could see the Dolphins winning 10, 11 games. I could also see them winning seven games. Uh, it just depends, yeah. Yeah, and real quickly here, before we move on to the next team, I mean, you talk about Brian Flores not having the faith in Tua. Well, you don't have to worry about that this year because Tyreek Hill has been going on a politicking tour. Mike McDaniels has been fully supportive of the quarterback. And I remember last year, at this time, hearing about an interception, a five-interception practice that he had. Now I'm seeing him deliver the ball, you know, down the field like he got arm straight all of a sudden. So, um, you know, look, I can see it going either way. I try not to fall for the okie doke all the time with a talented roster. Sometimes I fall in love with the talent on paper, and I have to realize that a quarterback is needed ally, the Broncos pick that I had last year. But um, that's neither here or there. I want to move on to the next team here. And, Zach, I'm going to kick it with you. I want to talk about the Jets right now. Yeah, I think it's such a big season for the Jets because last year there was a lot of excitement with Zach Wilson being brought in, the number two overall pick, Robert Sala being brought in as a first-year head coach. But from very early on last year, it was clear this Jet team still had plenty of holes. And I think really throughout the last couple of years since Joe Douglas, the GM, has gotten here, the Jets have done a nice job filling holes, but not with the star players, with guys uh, like C.J. Uzama bringing him in as a tight end, bringing in a guy like Jordan Whitehead in the secondary from Tampa Bay, even in the draft, Sauce Gardner, 
you get him at corner. Drafting Jermaine Johnson, a pass rusher from Florida State, you get a receiver in Garrett Wilson, who a lot of people thought would be uh, the best wide receiver in this draft. You draft Brees Hall as well at the running back position. So I think Joe Douglas has done a good job allocating resources and trying to fix holes to the best of his ability without having to spend a ton of money. The Jets have brought in some free agents, bringing in uh, Waken Tomlinson from San Francisco on the offensive line to play a guard. Uzama, as I said, um, Carl Lawson, who unfortunately blew out his Achilles before uh, the season even started last year in training camp. He's going to be back, hopefully healthy and ready to go. Uh, there are a couple make or break pieces uh, for this team, in my opinion. When you look at a guy like Makai Becton, Joe Douglas's first number one uh, draft pick on the offensive line, he looks to be in shape, looking like he's going to be moving over to right tackle. Zach Wilson, the quarterback, he's obviously the key. I still believe in his arm strength, and I do think towards the back end of last year, he showed us some moments that made us think, okay, maybe the Jets do have that franchise quarterback. But at the same time, he really struggled at times last season. And for me, I trust the offensive coordinator, which is huge. Uh, Michael Floor, I think as the season went on last year, uh, became more well-equipped for the job. And I like Robert Sal, but at the same time, he was a little underwhelming last year. He was a little quiet, but the Jets did not have the personnel to be a winning team last year. This year, they have the personnel to be a much improved team. And uh, look, the AFC, the AFC East is tough. There are a lot of really good teams, a lot of talent. But I think this Jet team is much more improved than last year. The schedule is really tough. I think that's unfortunate. We play basically the whole AFC North to start the season, which is not going to be easy. But towards the back end, the Jets have uh, teams like Detroit uh, and the schedule at Jacksonville. And the schedule starts to ease up. And I think if it was reversed, I'd feel a little bit better. I know people that expect the Jets to be an 8-9, maybe a 10-win team. I'm not going that far. I see them coming up a little bit short of that. But I just do think improvement and playing meaningful games in the month of November, in the month of December, that's a reasonable goal for this group because it's just been way too long. The Jets have the longest playoff drought of any team in the NFL. It's been long enough. I'm trying to get back. Yeah, I mean, look, my biggest question is can Zach Wilson take a second-year leap? You know, I think Josh Allen out there in Buffalo, he set a precedent for what you embody your quarterback to improve off of, right? Struggling when you first come in, not a lot of expectations outside of Lil. Okay, I always put that out there when talking about him. But can he just wake up the next year and put in the work? Because obviously you can't wake up. You got to put in the work, film, practices, reps, things of that nature. Can Zach Wilson be that? Can he improve that way? And I think um, he has expectations to, to try. Or I won't say expectations. Not a lot of expectations um, when you talk about the Jets. So that's good. I mean, even though it's New York and the market of New York and how it's required. So I kind of go back and forth with my own um, take when it comes to expectations or not. But generally, as far as wins in the column from an outsider perspective, there's none. But from New York, you can argue because of the market, they want to see some winning football, just like how you ended off your take. It's been too long. So can Zach Wilson take the necessary proper, you know, enhancements to his development to be able to, you know, fulfill your wish and everybody else is out here in New York? Now, with that being said, when you look at this team, I thought they had an excellent, excellent offseason. I, I, I think, honestly, I overlooked them when I did my most improved. And, and that's mainly because I was looking at obviously the additions, but also wins and how I think it will enhance your win column. But I think on paper, the Jets is right up there and they have an argument with any team to, for you to say, all right, this team 
on paper got better. They had an excellent draft. They had a very solid free agency. You know, you talk about the tight end, CJ Ozama. You talk about a couple other pieces that they added to this roster. They're there. Now, Zach Wilson, is it's all about him and his development because I think as far as they're going to go, he's going to take them. You know, when you're Josh, um, not excuse me, when you're Zach Wilson, right, and you look at him last year, you know, we all know the arm is there, right? I just saw a video today, him throwing a 70-yard dime to Elijah Moore. We all know he can throw that rock. He can throw like Mahomes almost, you can argue, right? You see the same guy, but it's about him not playing hero ball because last year you threw him out there to the wolves to do that. He started week one. You threw him out there to the wolves and my man was lost out there. He didn't look like um Daniel in the Lions then. Okay. He did not. He looked like an ant in the Lions then. He got tore up. New England. I remember that New England game. It was terrible. Five interceptions. What are we doing here? You can't even outdo Sam Donald. You know, say what's going on. But towards the tail end of that season, I saw improvement. I saw the ability for him to be a very, very good game manager. And that's how you want him to play as a game manager. We can sprinkle some of that hero play, you know, here and there. But just get the ball into your playmakers. There's a lot of playmakers here. When you look at the wide receiver, you know, list that they got here. Elijah Moore, as I stated before, I believe he's a stud. And we're going to see that on full display this year. Corey Davis is a guy who I, who I call underrated. I think he's a very underrated, one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. Braxton Barrios, another guy that you want to get the ball into his hands. He punt with turns. He kick over turns. He, he can catch. He's a very dual threat guy. You want him with the ball. And Garrett Wilson, the guy out of Ohio State, is another guy that I feel could be a key contributor to this team. And when you take into consideration, and I end here, them striking out of the quarterback market, you know, I actually think that probably might be a blessing for them because you didn't have to pay top dollar and compromise your future for Tyreek Hill. Even though we all knew he would have bought you instant production, you would have been compromising your future. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to trade a number 10 pick, you know, for Debo Samuel. You was able to draft with that pick. So at the same time, I think right now the Jets are in a, in a good spot as far as their development is concerned. I'm not sure about how the win column is going to look. We'll find out when we get to those predictions. Yeah, but, and... and I think for me, again, an attainable goal. I'm not expecting the, the squad to make the playoffs. I, I don't think it's impossible, but the schedule is really tough and you never know, but we'll see what happens. I just want to see improvement and I just want to see, especially from the quarterback position. And it's crazy because it doesn't feel, it feels like a long time ago, but at the same time, you remember when the Jets were in those back to back. Uh, AFC championship games and this franchise was having so much success and it's just been a gradual decline. We've seen the years of Todd Bowles and Adam Gaze and Joe Douglas really has been the first competent GM in my opinion the Jets have had in a really long time and he's slowly and periodically just continued to build and improve on this roster and Jet fans have been patient and this has to be a year at least we see some improvement because last year even though there were some nice flashes the Titan game we even the Jets even were able to beat the Bengals last year we beat the team that made the Super Bowl out of the AFC and the Jets also beat the team that finished in first place in the AFC and got the bye so the Jets have and almost were very competitive against your Buccaneers so the Jets they were competitive in some big games, which was a great surprise to see, not things that we expected. And if they could just build on that, especially this year with the schedule being pretty tough, that, that's what all we want to see. We're not expecting to win the Super Bowl. We're not expecting to even make the playoffs per se. But we just want to see improvement and competitive football uh, as we get later on in the season. I want to go over a couple states away to Boston. 
and talk about these New England Patriots here. The Bill Belichick-led. I mean, Bill Belichick is doing everything. He's coaching. You know, he's a head coach. He's the offensive coordinator. He might be the dad going defensive coordinator. The guy's doing it all over there. He's doing everything but throw the ball. That's what he's doing right now. Zach, I want to start up with you. What is your outlook on this Patriots team? Yeah, so I was pleasantly surprised by the Patriots and the season they had last year. They were better than I expected, and I think that starts off with giving some credit to Bill Belichick for pivoting to Mac Jones when he knew, okay, Cam Newton, he doesn't have much left in the tank. We think Mac Jones is ready to take on this starting role, and he got them to the playoffs. I think that was a good decision, and I think long-term, that decision is going to age well for New England when it comes to Mac Jones and just getting getting as much evidence as they possibly can when it comes to his future and deciding if he's going to be the guy they want to build with and go with long-term. But in terms of this season, Will, I am a little skeptical when it comes to the Patriots and them not having Josh McDaniels has a lot to do with that. I think he did such a great job setting up Mac Jones, putting him in positions to succeed. And when you're going from him, a guy who won four or five Super Bowls with Tom Brady, a guy that was Bill Belichick's right-hand man, did everything leading that offense. And you go from him to Matt Patricia, a guy that was a joke of a head coach in Detroit. His locker room turned on him so quickly. And even when he was with New England, I refer to this a lot, but that Super Bowl against the Eagles, Matt Patricia's defense really let the Patriots down. Tom Brady broke the passing yard record for a Super Bowl in that game, and the Patriots still lost because his defense couldn't stop anyone. And then they switched to Brian Flores, and the next year, the Patriots' defense becomes dominant. It became the best defense in the NFL, holding the Rams to only three points in that Super Bowl. And now he's going to be coaching the offensive side of the ball for the first time since 2005 when... I know the Patriots spent a lot of money on their weapons a few off seasons ago, but if I'm a defensive coordinator, there's no one really in this Patriots offense that's keeping me up at night. And I think Mac Jones is good. I think he's solid. I think he'll, he's somewhere between the 12th to 16th best quarterback in the league. He'll win you some games, but I don't view him as a guy that could take mediocre talent and really elevate them. I think he's best suited like he was last year as a guy in that offense making all the right plays. But when you need Max Jones to put the team on his back and when he's not in the most favorable positions like we saw in that playoff game against Buffalo, when it was pretty clear from the start, like, okay, there's just no way he's going to be able to outplay Josh Allen. Like, that's where my concerns come in. And I just look at the ASC. It's a much more improved league. And, uh, yeah, I'm more down on the Patriots. I think they'll be a worse team this year than they were last year. Yeah, I think the Patriots are very interesting because I can I can see a lot of sides here, a lot of sides of the spectrum, okay? And when you talk about the spectrum and you flip that remote on and you talk about the Patriots, look, I can never count out the Patriots. You know, I just can't. Like, I can predict them to have a bad season. Ultimately, I may, I may not do that. We'll find out. But, like, you just never can count them out. Like, they're one of those scenes where when – they have the lowest expectations. They're the most dangerous between them and the Steelers. They're two teams that I always feel when you count them out and you say, yo, they're not going to be good. They somehow makes the playoffs. Like last year, I don't know how the hell the Steelers made the playoffs. They made it. Like I, I looked at Big Ben. I'm like, what the hell is this, bro? I can't throw anymore. They made the playoffs and they did it shockingly. So, you know, I could see a scenario, but then I could also see the, the concerns that lie because, you know, you want to continue to put Mac Jones in the best predicament to succeed. And when you had have turnover and you don't have a guy like Josh McDaniels, who's very creative. Okay. Like I said, I point to a few instances on my last, you know, take on this when we talked about this extensively where 
he, you know, flipped some stuff. Like he, when the offense was stagnant, he went to his creative mind and he got some, you know, juice out of it. You know, so that's the guy that you miss. That you? guy with Matt Patricia. Like, what, like well, how, I don't like you have to do uh, better than that, in my opinion. And that's where, you know, when you talk about Bill Belichick, when right, you talk about the history of this team, because I do feel that this is very, very underrated. The fact that go back to 2005, they had no offensive coordinator that year. OK, 2010, same same thing. No offensive coordinator. There's a couple of times where they had no defensive coordinator. The Patriots is a team. And like I said, I'm not dismissing your concerns with the team. They're very reasonable concerns. But my thing and, and I don't want to go too deep into this. I just feel like I can never count them out. Like, I, I just can't. And maybe I will, but I don't know. It may come back to bite me. We'll see. But Mac Jones is a guy that I feel, needless to say, his development is not shot already. He's matured. He's a leader of this team now. He actually got the best development in his first year out of any other situation in the NFL. So if there's one guy I believe in, I believe in Mac Jones because he's pro-ready today. Like, Take Trey Lance and put him on that Patriots team with no coordinator. You're bugging. Okay, a guy that never really played in college, a guy that didn't play really in the NFL, you're really bugging. All right, Zach Wilson, any other quarterback, you're bugging. But because Mac Jones got the taste of the playoffs and he got a taste of a winning culture, I still think that, yeah, we should be concerned with the Patriots. But at the same time, if they sneak up on us, we shouldn't be shocked either. And that's just how I leave it there. They're always going to play well defensively. Matt Judon is a, is a key at his position. One of the most underrated defenders in the league. And, um, you know, they did. They, and they won the football. They did. They just got to play football. And Bill Belichick going to have to eventually get himself a coordinator. And eventually, if we come back here and the Patriots don't make the playoffs, then, yeah, it, it, it's going to be a ruckus. It should be a ruckus because with all due respect, Bill Belichick, I know what you've done for this team. But your ego has put a halt to this dynasty, literally, just off of that alone. Your ego has been a detriment to this team. And I don't know, maybe, just maybe, we got to give you the word and give you an alarm here because your job may be on the line. Once again, we talk about it a lot, but that Monday night game against Buffalo, uh, we'll get into the Bills in a second, when the Patriots only threw the ball three times and still found a way to win. That display of coaching was something I've not seen in a long time, and it reminded us why Bill Belichick is the greatest head coach of all time, at least in my opinion, he is. And I agree with you. It's hard to count the Patriots out, but I think McDaniels was that important. And it's interesting also because in the AFC, there are just so many good teams and the Patriots' talent might not line up with that. And especially without McDaniels, that's a huge loss. But, you know, they're, they're the Patriots, and they're, they're always going to find a way to win some games you don't expect them to win. And I do like Mac Jones. I, I think he's a guy that the Patriots should go forward with and a guy that has found a nice uh, home there. But hes I don't view him as a guy like Tom Brady that without an offensive coordinator could elevate the whole team and elevate his game that much, especially with just not great weapons. Like, I know you're a fan of Devontae Parker, and we'll see how that uh, ad ages, but there isn't really, a, like, Hunter Henry doesn't scare me. You know, Nelson Aguilar doesn't really scare me. I like Damian Harris, but he's just a fine running back, consistent, but he's not a guy that's keeping me up at night. The tight ends, uh, Johnny Smith, too. Like, I don't know. There just isn't really – when you're comparing their personnel to other teams – it doesn't stand out. And now they also lost the the coordinator that would get the most out of that group of players last year. And that's where my concern lies. Yeah. I mean, all those guys that you named, they're not fancy, you know, they're pretty, a little bit outdated, but Hunter Henry is still a guy like in the red zone, Devontae Parker, 
once again, you know, off air or record, I feel that cat. Like, I'm feeling that cat. I do believe he's one of the underrated wide receivers, got disrespected by the Dolphins. Kendrick Bourne, you ain't bring him up. I like Kendrick Bourne. I think he could be a solid wide receiver for this team. He's already a solid wide receiver for this team. So the, they have something. You know, I've seen worse, but I in here with the Patriots. And take this for what it's worth, Zach. You know, um, when you talk about this Patriots team, there's some uh, quarterbacks that don't have a good coach, but they have a good coordinator. Still got Bill Belichick there. You know, so you can take it for what it's worth when I make those statements. But we'll see. We'll get back to the Patriots later on when we predict our standings here. Let's go on to Buffalo. All right. I want to talk about Buffalo here because this is a team right now with lofty expectations. Everybody named Mama is picking the Bills to get over the hump finally and make the Super Bowl. And we all know football is not that easy. Okay, football is not that easy. Oh, we got expectations. We're going to get there. We all know we've been watching the game for many years now, probably decades. Right? I know me decades. Okay, decade and a half of watching this game. I know that it's not that easy. You got to go out there and compete. And you're going to get everybody's best shot because you are the cream of the crop in this division. You know, and I think last year when you talk about how last season ended, you could look at, at Buffalo and say, yeah, they upgraded. The defense is looking scary. You got Von Miller over there. You got other guys like Hyde that I like. You got um my dude over there. Um, what's this guy's name? It's not coming. Ed Oliver. You also got Boyer, another dude. Yeah. Another dude that I'm not remembering his name. Hopefully, Boyer he come back the secondary. Uh, the, the another dude. Another White. dude. Yeah. And one more dude from I think he's from Iowa on the D line. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Vanessa. Vanessa. There you Vanessa. go. You got those guys over there. You know, I think the defense <laughs> has upgraded for sure. Um, I like them. I think they're they're good. Um, on both sides on the defense, the offensive line and in the secondary. So they're putting together a good defensive team over there. Offensively, I think they're gonna be fine. They got Josh Allen, the guy that you know arguably is a top five quarterback, number three or number four on my quarterback rankings. You know, um, he, listen, this team is gonna be there. You know, this team is a team that's complete, they have expectations, and I feel that. You know, they could take a step back, though. It's potentially, they could. You know, when you think about how last year ended, like I said, your window's never as open as you think it is in the NFL. The Saints learned that. Okay, when they was itching and gr- and crawling and trying to get back to that Super Bowl again, you know, Sean Payton trying to get his second, Drew Brees trying to get his second, and then the Miracle in the Meadowlands, uh, excuse me, Miracle in, in Minnesota, and then they had the P.I. call uh, and, and the wild card, and then the lack of a P.I. call that should have been. Your window closes. So we're going to see right now if Buffalo can optimize their position right now. Yeah, I think it's so interesting because last year, I think Buffalo did a nice job really playing good, consistent football throughout the season. Had some hiccups here and there. Remember, they got shut down by the Jaguars defense, and I think they they did a nice job uh, bouncing back from that, especially when they got to the playoffs. The two games Josh Allen played in the playoffs were some magical stuff. And I understand the argument, especially with Kansas City losing Tyreek Hill, that Buffalo should be at least the favorite to come out of the AFC right now, they're actually the favorite to win the Super Bowl, according uh, to most gambling sites. And I don't feel that strongly about them. I think they should be right in the mix, but 
they got some breaks last year as well. Their schedule is mu- is going to be much more difficult this year than last year. This is going to be Josh Allen's first season without his offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, now the head coach of the New York Giants, who did such a good job helping him improve throughout the last few years. They have some really nice pieces in the receiving core as well. Diggs is one of the best in the game, but Gabriel Davis, he went off in that uh, divisional round playoff loss against Kansas City. He's going to be a guy to watch. And here's another thing about the Bills. Can this running game finally get going? Because for the last few years, they felt like a one-dimensional team. They were a one-dimensional team. This team could not run the ball over the last few years with Singletary and Zach Moss from Utah. And they draft James Cook, the little brother of Dalvin uh, from the University of Georgia, also winning a a national championship there. Is he the guy that finally gets this running game going? Because also – I think there's a good chance Buffalo could get home field advantage in the AFC. I think that should be a goal for them going into this season because they have a legit home field advantage with those crazy fans. And not every team is tough enough to go into that uh, upstate New York weather that we know so well uh, and go into Buffalo and win. And when you have that type of weather, we've seen the Packers and their passing game struggle in playoff games with that cold weather. And I would not want that to happen to Buffalo. Can they finally get that running game going? Their offensive line isn't great. It's gotten a little older. I like their defense. It has some big names. But can they just finally put those puzzle pieces together? They're very close. And when you look at the AFC, should they be the favorite? Yeah, I'll accept that argument. They've made deep playoff runs the last two years. But I agree with you. I don't view them as a shoe-in at all. I look at a ton of other teams in the AFC and I say, oh, I could put them on the same level, the same tier as Buffalo uh, at the top. So I think that's my big thing for them. Can they finally unlock that running game, which I think would really provide a whole new dimension to the team. 